Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and I don't know if you remember this or not, but back in early July, for the episode I did for Primal's third anniversary, I told you guys that I wanted to start doing some free coaching calls with you guys, not requiring that you be clients, and then air those coaching calls anonymously on the podcast. So I sent an email out to my VIP email list a few weeks ago and said, all right, let's do this thing. I've opened up a few slots. First come, first serve. Let's go. If you are not on the VIP email list, then you missed that opportunity. But you can get on that list by just going to primalpotential.com. And right on the homepage, there is a place where you can put in your name and email address, and you'll be on the list. I email that list every single Sunday. And opportunities like this to say, hey, you want to hop on a call with me, chat about what's going on in your life, how I can help you, that's your chance. So I'll be sending out another one of those emails within the next two to three weeks, I would say, to get some more of these conversations going. But I had the first round of them this past week, and today I am sharing one of those conversations. So this is just with a podcast listener who said, I would love your help. And her story is so cool. She's a mom. She has a three-year-old and another one that just turned one year old. She has lost 50 pounds in the last six months. So juggling a three-year-old and a one-year-old, she changed her eating habits, adopted more of a keto, ketogenic way of eating, and lost 50 pounds in the last six months and wants to lose another 50 pounds. And when I asked her what she was struggling with, when she scheduled the call, she had to fill out a short survey to kind of say, this is where I'm at, this is what my goals are, this is what I'm struggling with. She said she struggled with endurance, so consistency, doing the work, even though there's a little bit less of a sense of urgency because she's come so far in the last month, in the last six months, And she said the other thing that was a struggle was confidence. And we talk about that and we get to the root of it. What is going on when she feels not good enough and what she can do to change it? We talk about consistency with working out. She had been working out really consistently and how to get back into the groove when you just don't have the same sense of urgency because you're like, hey, I've come so far. What to do to get back in that rhythm of working out. It's a really great conversation. 
I think you're going to enjoy it. We kick off when I ask her, uh, so you've had some great success in the last six months. Tell me what you've been doing. Hope you enjoy these conversations, and I really hope to bring you more of them. Again, these are just free coaching calls that I'm doing one-on-one with folks on a first-come, first-served basis. I'll be emailing out the VIP list within the next few weeks for the next round of these, and then... I'll be airing them on the podcast. So I'm excited about that to help you guys see real stories of folks that are doing their best to change their life, creating success, running into roadblocks, and how we work together to overcome them. So big shout out to everybody that is willing to chat with me and be honest about their struggles and their successes. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I'll see you on the other side. When I read the short survey that I had you complete when you first scheduled this, I read Mm -hmm. that you have lost 50 pounds in the last six months. Yep. That is amazing. Yep. Are you incredibly proud of yourself? Yes. And I know you want to lose 50 more, but I want to start with 50 pounds in six months is incredible. So tell me what you've been doing, what you feel like is working for you. Well, the first thing I did was give up my Dr. Pepper completely. <laughs> oh, that has <laughs> got to be a tough one. Oh, it was. I, I still do diet Dr. Pepper once in a while, yeah. but I try to like not, I try to like limit it. But. Sure. And then I just started not eating as many carbs at first. Mm-hmm. And then I went to my doctor in February because I had thyroid cancer about oh, six years ago. Okay. And... I kind of told him, I was like, well, I might want to try this keto diet. And I like tried to talk to him and he was kind of a jerk Mm. (laughs) and he kind of ticked me off, but he was like, well, you're just insulin resistant. And I'm like, well, I want you to test some numbers. Like, I want to know what my fasting insulin is. I want to know what these numbers are. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, they're just going to be bad. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So (laughs) that's helpful. Thanks. I can't wait. So I can't wait to go back in there and be like, my numbers are horrible, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Because they were like pretty, I mean, my cholesterol was pretty good. The only thing that wasn't great was my LDL was like 104. Okay. Which really is not bad. No. And then my A1C is like, well, he took it and it was 4.7. Okay. And then I took it again and it was a 5. Okay. So I have a normal A1C and my insulin was 6.6. Okay. But he wanted to test it. I had to have another doctor test it. Oh, okay. But, so, I mean, it's not great. But, so, I was like, I want to try this keto diet. Okay. Which, I've been mostly doing keto. I do live my life, though. Yeah. That being said. What does that mean to you? Like, it almost sounds like you mean that, you couldn't be keto and live your life. It's like living your life is oh, no. an exception to keto. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, what I, do you mean? I'm mostly keto. I'm uh-huh. mostly keto. But if I'm at a wedding or if I'm at a party or if I'm at someone's birthday party, I'm going to indulge and have a piece of cake. Sure. Sure. You know? So you're, you're mostly ketogenic and you indulge every once in a while. Yes. Okay, <laughs> so when you – because everybody refers to – you know, ketogenic diet, being in ketosis a little bit differently, looking at what it means to you, just so I can understand kind of where you've been coming from, 
Fat, protein, and carbs. If you had to call each of them high or low in what you call a ketogenic way of eating, what's high, what's low? Carbs are low, fat's high, and I would say meat or like protein is like medium. Perfect. Okay, cool. Cool. That's what I, the reason I asked it like that is because a lot of people think that low carb, high protein is ketogenic and it's not. Oh no. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to kind of see where you were at with that. So you've lost 50 pounds in the last six months and you want to lose 50 more. Yeah. Within the framework of, of mostly ketogenic style eating, what do you think works really well? What do you feel really good about in terms of your food choices right now? Um, I do really good with my breakfast because that's okay. easy yep. for me. Like I can make eggs and bacon and be done. Yep. You know, like breakfast is easy. Um, uh, I usually do intermittent fast a little bit because it just comes natural and I, sure. Um, but I feel really good about that. My struggle is like at night, like my husband will want ice cream and I'll be like, Oh, honey. Yeah. <laughs> and so sometimes I'll indulge with him with ice cream mm-hmm. and I shouldn't, but I do. But let's pause there for a quick second. If you've lost 50 pounds in the last six months, every once in a while having ice cream at night or having cake at a wedding, it seems like what you're doing is working for you, right? Yes. So with that said, now this is where I might diverge from like the militant paleo, militant keto, militant anything. I am all about responding to what works for you. And if you can have ice cream every now and then, cake every now and then, and still make progress towards your goals, and, this is what a lot of people miss, and still feel really good, Uh tell me why you feel like something needs to change right now. I know you want to lose 50 more pounds, but as opposed to, I'm just going to keep on keeping on, because what I'm doing is working for my body, I'm not saying you should keep on keeping on. What I'm saying is, tell me why you think something needs to change right now. Well, I feel like my eating is good. I don't, like, I'm not, like, my eating is good. I'm not as concerned about, it's, like, exercising. Like, I feel like, I mean, I exercise, but I would like to be better about exercising more. Tell me why. Because I feel a lot better when I exercise. Okay. So tell me what it looks like right now. If you, I love that answer, by the way. So many people will be like, I know that I'm not losing weight because I'm not exercising enough. And they link the desire to lose more weight with the solution of exercise. And I don't feel that's the way it works. As your first 50 pounds in just six months has shown, nutrition is the primary driver of fat loss. But your answer of I feel better when I'm exercising and so I want to be consistent. I am 1000% on board with that. So tell me what exercise looks like for you right now in terms of what you're doing, how often, how consistently, et cetera. Okay. So like from like January to like June, I was really good and I would go probably three or four times a week Mm -hmm. and I would lift weights for a little while and then I would usually walk on the treadmill or the elliptical or do the row machine for like 15 minutes and Mm -hmm. I was done. Um, The last few months, I don't know that it's just because it's summer and it's crazy, 
but I've been to the gym <laughs> uh, maybe four times. <laughs> okay. So it's just, I don't know. All right, let's break this down. You have kiddos, right? I have a three-year-old and a baby, so a one-year-old. She just turned one last month. Got to make life super exciting. Yes. <laughs> okay. The reason I ask that is because one of the things that you can do probably more feasibly with two little ones is just take them for a walk on days when it's night out, nice outside. And, and so many people will be like, it's not enough. I've got to go to the gym and like lift weights or it doesn't count. The reality yeah. is one of the best things from a movement standpoint that you can do for your health, for your fat loss, but also for your mental clarity and, and sense of calm and like, I'm not going to snap at the world, uh, you know, at the drop of a hat uh-huh. is being outside for a walk. So number one, the outdoors is super calming. Number yes. two just getting your blood flowing with something as simple as walking does so much for fat loss, for circulation, for energy. So if getting to the gym is currently not super convenient or you're not finding the time to do it, commit to something teeny, teeny, teeny. And the reason I say make it small is because oftentimes we aren't successful because our objective in getting moving is just biting off more than we can chew. Going from I've been to the gym four times in the last four months to I'm going to go three times this week can be just more than we need to do. But if you say twice this week, I'm going to take the kids for a 10-minute walk or a 20-minute walk, that's so much more doable. And you can do it even if the weather's bad. You can do it even if you're busy. But something that you can do that lowers the bar of excuses, and then it gets you back in touch with how good it feels to be active. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And I also think that the fresh air and being outside is really great for young kids, you know? Yes. So the first way that I would suggest that you tackle that is set a tiny, tiny achievable goal that doesn't require that you get to the gym. And I think walking is super helpful. The other thing is do something on your own, not in the gym, to build your strength. And I'll give you an example. When I was first losing weight, I really wanted to be able to do a push-up on my toes. Like, not on my knees. I (laughs) wanted to be able to do a legit push-up on my toes. But at that point, I couldn't. And I know there are certain movements like a pull-up and a push-up are two of the most common ones that people just want to be able to do the real thing. And so Mm -hmm. even if you, even if I already could do a push-up, maybe I would have wanted to do 10 in a row as opposed to being able to do two or three. Starting Mm -hmm. your day with something at home that makes you feel a little bit accomplished, sometimes we just have to get back in touch with how good it feels to move our bodies and use our bodies, right? Uh-huh. And having it be something that you can do anywhere, like something so small, I do three push-ups before my first cup of coffee or before my cup of tea. I do three push-ups before I leave my bedroom. It's so small, it's almost laughable, but it matters because it's a mindset. 
And one of the big issues with working out is that we just never frigging feel like it. And I was talking to one of my clients about this the other day and she was like, what is wrong with me? I always feel like I can take on the world after a workout and yet I make every excuse under the sun to not do it. And I said, I almost never want to go to the gym. Almost never. But I've never even once regretted a workout. Yes. And so the reality is that we cannot wait for the motivation to take the action. The motivation comes after the action. And so doing something small that reminds you of how good it feels to be in your body, it almost becomes a habit. So if you say, I'm going to do three push-ups in my room before I leave, before I leave to go get the baby that's crying, before I go get my cup of coffee, I'm going to do three push-ups every morning before I leave my room. Then what you'll find is it just sort of improves your mood. It makes you feel strong. Then when you're in the middle of the kitchen and everything's going crazy, you might just like get on the kitchen floor and do a push-up because it feels so good. So I would first really identify a couple of small things that you can do right at home. Because you can meet all of your fitness goals at home without any equipment. Now, getting to the gym is a great escape and it's fun and it makes you feel amazing. But if right now that's the, ob- that's the obstacle, do it at home. Yeah. What do you think about that? Something as small as I'm going to do three push-ups before I leave my room. I think that's something I could do. Absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. And it will require discipline. But then you'll be like, hey you know, three weeks ago, I could only do two push-ups on my toes and now I can do four. Or I set out to do five and now I feel like when I get to the fifth one, it's not that much of a struggle. I bet I could do 10. And you can accumulate that kind of progress and it's so visible that it's really, really encouraging. So that is something that I would really strongly, and what you'll find is, I bet you money, like I will literally bet you $20, that if you go for two walks a week and you do push-ups every single day, within the first two weeks, you'll make it back to the gym. Yeah. Because you'll have generated that enthusiasm again. You will have been prioritizing movement in a small way. It will have a ripple effect to help you prioritize movement in a bigger way. Yeah. Do you think I'm right? Do you think I would win that 20 bucks? I think you probably would. (laughs) (laughs) So then commit to those tiny things, even when you don't feel like it, even when you're like, oh my God, the kid is screaming. Great. They can scream while you do two push-ups on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Like nothing bad's going to happen. It's two push-ups. It takes five seconds. Yes. So another thing that you said in the short survey that we had before before this call is you said what is in the way of reaching your goals? You answered confidence and endurance. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about the confidence piece first, because you've lost 50 pounds in the last six months. That's got to make you believe in your ability to reach your goals. So tell me, maybe it doesn't, tell me what you mean by confidence is in the way. I just sometimes I think that I think too much about what other people think about me. And so then I worry and I don't, I know I shouldn't, but I do. (laughs) Let's be specific about that. So give me an example 
of a time when, instead of speaking in generalities, speak to me about a specific thing that is a challenge in that way. Well, like people will be like, you look so good or like, you know what I'm saying? And then I like, I'm like, oh, no, I don't. I still have so much further to go, you know? And I shouldn't say that to myself, but I do. Okay, let's let's pretend for a second that you and I go out for coffee. Okay. And you say to me, Elizabeth, you look so good. You've made so much progress. Congratulations. How do you think I should respond to that comment? I would hope that you'd be ecstatic and say, thank you. I've been working really hard. Why do you think that's not your response? Do you think that you've been working really hard? Yes. And aren't you proud of that? Yes, I am. So if you and I went out to coffee and I said to you, you look amazing. I can't believe how much progress you've made. How would you feel if you said, thanks, you're right, I have. How would that make you feel? Probably 10,000 times better than when I say, oh, I have a long way to go. (laughs) So why do you think you say that? Why do you think, and I have my theory on this because that's something that I do as well and I'm really working on that. (laughs) But if somebody says like, oh my gosh, you look amazing because you do, 50 pounds in six months is, is nothing to sneeze at. You've been crushing it. Why yeah. do you think you default to, oh, thanks, I have a long way to go? I think a lot of it is, like, my, like growing up, my mom used to always be like, Mindy, stuck in your gut. Mindy, suck, or she would say, suck in your gut, suck in your gut, mm-hmm. you know? And so, I mean, I was never, I mean, I was never skinny as a kid. Mm-hmm. But I think that my mind always goes back to that, that I'm not good enough, you know? So then when you turn away somebody's compliment, aren't you creating that very situation that you didn't like the way it made you feel? Yes. Like you are choosing to relive that rejection and that not good enough. You are like, your mom is not the one saying to you at the coffee shop, oh no, 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 she needs to suck in her gut. You (laughs) are the one saying, I'm not good enough. So, one of the most powerful quotes that I ever heard was, if you don't like the story you're in, leave. And if you don't like the story of you're not good enough because of your weight, leave. When you respond with, oh gosh, I have such a long way to go, you are choosing to stay in that story that causes you pain. And to leave is not initially comfortable, but I would say it's not very comfortable to feel like you're not enough either. Yeah. You're no longer a kid, right? Nope. You get to decide that you are good enough, period. Like you are in control of that, but right at this moment, at this juncture, you are creating a situation where you are sending yourself the message that you resist, that you resent, that caused you pain. Yeah. So I think the very most important thing that you can practice 
is a genuine smile and thank you. And I'll tell you, this is a tough one for me too, because I have <laughs> shared, it really is. I've shared uh, on the podcast a little bit how I moved to join this very elite gym. And okay. I remember my first blog post, the first day at this very elite gym, I came home and I wrote a blog post about how I felt like I showed up to a pool party wearing a snowsuit. (laughs) That's how I felt because, you know, these people are extremely lean and fit, like extremely Uh lean and fit. And they're in there with like little booty shorts and little sports bras and I'm in my long yoga pants and a three quarter length (laughs) shirt. And I, and I felt like I was, you know, at a pool party with like, um, uh, swimsuit models and I was in a snowsuit. But uh-huh. since then, several people there have commented, wow, Elizabeth, like you're getting so much fitter. Wow, Elizabeth, have you lost more weight? And the first couple of times I did the same exact thing. Oh gosh, I still have a ways to go. And I did that to protect myself. I did mm-hmm. that because I assumed that's what they were thinking like, yeah, but she's yeah. still, you know, she's still got a few <laughs> extra LBs on her hips, you know. I assumed that's what they were thinking. And so for me, I have a pattern of past behavior of putting up the defenses so mm-hmm. that somebody else doesn't come at me with something, you know. Like I'm going to yeah. comment about the fact that I still have weight to lose because just in case they're thinking it, I want them to know that I know. You know, it's a defense mechanism, but here's the problem with that. I was assuming that they were thinking something negative about me. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't, but if I'm going to make an assumption, I'm going to assume the positive side of it, that they just recognized my hard work or they recognized my body getting smaller and they honestly wanted to congratulate me. And realistically, which one do you think is more true? That they really wanted to congratulate you. Exactly. And so now, even though it's challenging, I just, they'll say, you know, have you lost more weight? I have. Thanks. Thanks for noticing. You made my day. Period. The end. And for you, whether it's because you feel like you're not good enough or whether it's like a defense mechanism coming from insecurity, Mm -hmm. the number one thing you can do is, I don't like the story I'm living in my interactions with people when they comment on my size and it's eroding my confidence, I have the power to change that story. Yeah. And what a powerful thing to model for your kids. I mean, I know your youngest is only one and you've got a three-year-old and there's a lot that they don't understand. But if you create that as a pattern now, that you don't assume people are thinking negative things about you, if you're going to assume anything, you're going to assume only the best and that you have the power to not stay anchored to stories that no longer serve you. They will see that long before they can verbalize it. They will witness it. And that will be tremendously powerful. Yes. So the next... All my daughters to grow up. Heck no. no. My same insecurities. Absolutely. And if they hear you, and your three-year-old can hear it now, when somebody comments... Oh, you look amazing. You've lost so much weight. Oh, I still have a lot of way, a long way to go. Uh-huh. That is very much a message of not good enough. As opposed to damn proud. Very true. 
So the next time that somebody says, oh my gosh, you look amazing. Have you lost weight? What are you going to choose to say? Thank you. Period. Like, yes, period. There's no explanation. There's no disclaimer. There's no statement about future goals. Just thank you. Because you've done the hard work. And it's got nothing to do with whether or not you're worthy. But if you don't like the story that you are in, change it. The other thing that you said you felt like was in the way of reaching your goals, you said was endurance. Tell me what you mean by that. Like, like where I haven't been at the gym, like I just feel like I need to like get my mind back on, on it. Like, I'm like, oh, I lost 50 pounds. Like, oh, I know I need to lose more, you know? So that is super common and something I definitely struggled with. You get to a point where the sense of urgency is a little bit diminished because you're like, oh, I've come so far. This is great. And then you sort of ease off, which is totally fine to get to a point where, hey, I don't feel like I need to make any more progress. That's totally fine. But when you still desire results, I think it's helpful to focus instead of on how far you've come, which has its merit at times, but at some point it can work against you if you're using that to justify indulging more frequently or, you know, taking it easy when what you really want is to press forward. A simple strategy of focusing just on the day at hand. What am I able and willing to do just for today to move in the direction of my goals? And really being intentional At the start of the day, whenever you have a couple minutes to say, all right, new day, fresh start, reset, what am I able and willing to do today? And maybe for one day, it's going for a walk. Maybe for another day, it's, you know what, when my husband has ice cream after dinner today, not having any. We'll deal with tomorrow, tomorrow, but for today, I'm not having any. Instead of focusing on, oh my gosh, I still have 50 more pounds I want to lose. And like, oh gosh, it's exhausting. We mentally take on more than we could ever or need to ever do at one time, as opposed to just, all right, I've got a 24-hour block of time in front of me, which realistically is probably more like 16 to 18. What am I able and willing to do today? Perfection's got nothing to do with it to really make the most of this time. Yes. Just a couple of minutes in the morning to just refocus, reset. Every day is a blank slate. Every choice is a chance. Every day is going to be different depending on what the kids have going on and where you are and how motivated you are and how much you slept, how much free time you have. But take every single day as a blank slate. And then at the end of the week, look back and then take a bigger picture for the week ahead just one time, not to plan everything out, but to say, where could I have pressed a little bit harder? Where did I do really well that I want to continue in the week ahead? I like that. Like the when you don't like a story, the, the story you're in, leave. Like yeah. That really, that this really like hit me. I'm so, like, so oh. glad. And here's what I want you to do. The next time somebody compliments you or asks uh-huh. if you've lost weight and you just say, yes, thank you. I want you to email me. I want you to tell me like, I'm not even kidding you. I want you to email me and tell me. And then a month from now or so, please, please, please email me with an update. What's going on? How's hey. your focus? How's your motivation, your momentum? How are things with getting back into the working out routine? I seriously want 
an update from you within the next few weeks. Okay. Okay. That sound like a plan? That does. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.